Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? New motherfucking music. Yeah, you got bored the other day. I did. So, he picked up his guitar out of nowhere. I did. So, I hope you guys like it. Let me know if uh, if it's cooler, dumber, you don't really care. (laughs) Is dumber a word? Yeah. Yeah. Dumb, dumber, and dumbest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let me know what you, I think it's, I don't know. I think it goes a little bit better with with the show. Yeah. We're evolving. We're evolving. Yeah. Kind of. What fucking episode are we on? I, babe, I have no fucking idea. Let me look up. I think we're on 57. What day is it? I don't even know what fucking day it is right now. Yeah. With you working today, that totally threw me off. I thought it was Monday. What day is it? Is it Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you totally threw me off. Yeah. It was uh it was a day. I'll say that. Was it all right? Yeah, it was fine. Uh I'm glad I'm not there tomorrow, but All right, it's 57. Oh, okay. F- motherfucking 57 and I am drinking Jack. Yep. And this is a request. Mm. From a listener who shall remain nameless. Anonymous. 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 It gives it more of a you know, okay. Spook test. I got two more requests that I wrote down. Oh, I, did you? I yeah. have a list going. So I'll give you the two. I have a list, and I I actually wrote the names of the people who requested it next to it. So I'm yeah. not a piece of shit. Yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll give you the two that I got. Okay, I'm working on another one right now. Okay. So what what are we doing? What was the last fucking Patreon we did? Ooh. The Unabomber. <laughs> the the Unabomber was a Patreon? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh. My bad. Yeah, just a few days ago. Babe, I don't... Going back to work has been um, rough. I know. Yeah. I, I can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot rougher than I thought it was going to be. Well, staying at home with Jax is a fucking handful. Yeah. I'm... I, I don't I know. I played like... wrestlers today a couple <clears throat> times. Played wrestling on Xbox mm-hmm. for good solid two hours. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much spent. I um, I didn't anticipate, I guess, being as sore and as tired going back because 
I'm not like moving more. I'm not on the street. I'm not running calls. Yeah, but you're using your brain. You're thinking. So. You got to think a lot more and that's a workout in itself. Yeah. And I, I know they're throwing a lot of shit at you, so. Yeah. It's okay, though. Mm. Today I, I was call taking. I'm not very good at it, but whatever. I answered the phone, so my yeah. dispatcher, Craig, didn't have to. Anyone going crazy? Um, help! Help they me! Did, uh, there was a drunk in her underwear. Send the police right now. Yeah, there was a right lot. Right now. Babe, there was uh, right outside in front of the, the Wendy's. Yeah. Somebody called, and the dispatcher was trying to get their location. Yeah. And I'm looking at, I had two Craigs today. One listens. I'm not sure if the other one does. Yeah. Um, so Craig and I are looking at each other and we're both like, it's right the fuck outside, isn't it? Yeah. So then some guy came and banged down the door. It was like, oh, they need help out there. Right now. So I went right out. now. I went out with Craig because it, it was literally like. Why'd a, you go out? Well, it was in the, like right at the dentist oh, office. I didn't God. do anything. Calm down. Because, like, the crew that pulled up was like, why are you even standing out here? I was like, I'm standing here with my thumb in my ass. I'm not even doing anything. Um, except I did go to start the IV. And the my girl was like, uh, can you even do that? And I was like, my brain is broken up my fucking hands. How about that? Mm. But we were walking out there, and Craig's like, we don't even have gear. I'm like, but we have each other. Yeah. Yeah. And flying bullets will stop that. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a shooting. Babe. There's shots fired non-fucking stop out I didn't there. hear any today. Oh, my yeah. God. So, well, I mean, I do walk from the parking lot into the building, and it was I, no further. I get it, but if a patient starts fighting with you, that's Oh, no, you. I didn't even have, there was no opportunity because the crew pulled up. Yeah. Mm. They, were, they were trying to get Craig's Taco Bell, and Taco Bell was fucking around. Taco Bell tonight so, was fucking. <laughs> Craig was so mad. Oh, babe, you got it for Jackson me? Yeah. Holy fuck, was it delicious. Yeah. It, it melted in my mouth. Craig was so pissed because he's like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, ordering Taco Bell for the boys. Yep. Took two hours to get his Taco Bell. He's like, oh. they didn't even have it fucking made. And I was like, well, at least it's hot. Dude, and it was so quick today. It yeah. took 15 Ten minutes. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. Not even. And oh, mm-hmm. babe, it melted in my fucking mouth. Yeah. The cheese quesadilla. <sighs> <laughs> so he's Mamma Mia. He's um he's doing Uber Eats. Yeah. And I was like, if you get a call to my house, I'm like, you better not fucking knock and drive the dog nuts. Just walk in and be like, food's here. <laughs> Put it on the table and leave. Right. So yeah, that was that was my day. Alright. Well so other than that we had some delivery guy knocking on our door for an hour. <laughs> Because he fucking gave a vacuum clean. And I was wondering, too, because Jackson... You're like, motherfucker, she ordered a goddamn Yeah, I was like, what the fuck did she buy another fucking Swifter for? So he he drags it in and not... Oh, Jax brought it in? Yeah, that's why he was knocking on the door. Oh, my God. So he's wearing a cowboy hat or some shit. And literally, like, he's pounding on the door. So, Oh, at, he was freaking out, I'm sure. So at first, I thought it was someone from the ambul- ambulance crew, like, checking up on me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I thought, like, I was being checked up on and just getting ready to shoot the shit. But then, like, the pounding was, like, 
knock it like, like the police like the police <laughs> and I and he's looking around the corner he's like dad like it's a guy like he's standing there and he's not going away meanwhile he's on the phone with me and he's like well he's knocking on the door and he's wearing a cowboy hat and you know he's like this tall and and I think he's this and I think and I'm like god you're such a cop's fucking kid but he kept talking louder and louder so the guy could hear him and then he like walked out too far and he's like oh you saw me I'm like okay well now just go to the fucking door and see what this fucking asshole wants and the poor guy you know he's like oh I'm sorry I'm, I'm on the wrong street I dropped off the the wrong package so that was the excitement oh, for like 20 fucking minutes. Well, and I'm like, I, I thought you were sleeping. And he's yeah. like, well, I didn't answer the door. And I'm like, okay, we'll take a picture of him. He's like, I, I can't just look out the window and take a picture of him. I was like, uh, yeah, you can. Yeah. He's on our porch and you're trying to figure out who's at the, take a fucking picture of him and send me the picture. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other Craig's like, like, what, should we call somebody? Like, and I was like, no, Mark's home. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I just, I didn't feel like answering the door, you know, but. Uh, yeah. So that was the excitement for like 20 minutes. Yeah, we just had, yeah, I don't, the naked lady. Other than that, just like I said, playing wrestlers today. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some new Patreons. We so. do. We have two new Patreons. Awesome. Let's hear them. We have Autumn. Thank you, Autumn. Recently, like. Shout out to Autumn, because I'm pretty sure this happened at, like, maybe 1 a.m., and I was still awake, so. <laughs> yeah, which, I have to figure out how to make the alarm louder on my phone. Cause I, the I, volume button? It's not working. It's not mm. It's not louder. Um, and then Joe. Awesome, Joe. Yeah. We got a male. We do. We wow. got a boy. All right, welcome to the club. And I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds, but thank you for your service. He's in the military, served four tours. Oh, that's awesome. So, and he wants to listen to us. I don't know why. <laughs> so. Babe, we are awesome. I, I mean, I think so, but like a lot awesome. of people don't. I mean, I'm a bit of an asshole. <laughs> that you are. So, yeah. That you are. It's, it's a little, mm. I like it. I yep. do like it. Thank you, Patreons. We yeah. appreciate you. You guys are the best. And everyone else, too. We mm-hmm. appreciate you, too, for listening. Yeah. Keep listening. Yeah. Because really, it gives us something to do. It's the only time we talk during the week. So mm-hmm. if you guys stop listening, we'll stop talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did that sound pitiful enough? I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> Especially now that I'm back at work. Yeah, it's the only time we fucking talk to each other. Yeah. Well. Mm. You know. So what do we got today? A good one? Today is a request. Um, okay. And we are doing the Tylenol murders. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know of these? I, I vaguely remember. It was in Chicago. It was. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In I, and around. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember I, when I was younger. I, I don't know the details, though, because I was so young. I You were not even born. or you You, did, you were like three months old. Yeah, but like hearing about it afterwards. Hearing yeah. about it afterwards. So I knew of a copycat case, but I didn't know it was a copycat case. Mm-hmm. So um it's pretty it's I don't know. It's it's what? unsolved. 
That's scary. It's very scary. It's it's unsolved. Because it could fucking happen again well, if you think about it. This is the reason why they have tamper proof bottles now. Ah. Because of this. So Okay. It's 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 creepy is what it is. I feel like. Because like it, it's very it's creepy, creepy and it's scary as fuck. It is. It is. So, and I was actually going to do this one and the copycat one together, but I ended up making this one too long. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I was wondering if you were going to put them together. No, I just, I made this one too long. Okay. So, it's fine. So, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Hit me okay. with it. So, between Wednesday, September 29th, and Friday, October 1st of 1982, seven people in and around the Chicagoland area died suddenly. They ranged in ages from 12 to 35 and had no connection to each other. What were thought to be tragically unexpected medical emergencies turned out to be murder. Murder! By 10 p.m. on September 29th, a public health nurse discovered what appeared to be a link between three of the victims. Now, I just want to throw in here that a source that I read said that two of the firemen figured it out. Oh, really? Throw it in there. Um... So she discovered the what appeared to be a link between three of the victims, which was extra strength Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Although there were suspects, including the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Really? Yes. No one still to this day has ever been charged for the murders. However, the incidents did lead to reform in the packaging of over-the-counter medications and federal anti-tampering laws. They also led to several more deaths due to copycat crimes. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. See, I mean, even with the, the tamper proof, it, it just, it, it's not good enough for me. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the one copycat one that I knew of, they were tamper proof bottles. It were wasn't they? It wasn't Tylenol. It was Excedrin. Yeah. It, it's... But it was pretty quick that they... That they started with the tamper proof stuff. And actually, it scares me to death. It wasn't the state or the courts or anything like that. It was Mayor Jane Byrne. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Wow. She started it. Yep. And then it just yeah, kind of took off. So it still scares me that something it's, like that can happen. Well, again. and so these were capsules, the ones that you can like pull apart. Yeah. And they don't make those anymore. Now, prescription medications can be capsules. Yeah. But over-the-counter medication, they're caplets, so they're shaped like capsules. Yeah. But none of them are capsules that you can pull apart. Oh, okay. There's gel capsules, but you can't you can't pull them apart. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, 12-year-old Mary Kellerman woke up in her Elk Grove Village home at around 6.30 on September 29th. She didn't feel well and told her parents that she had a sore throat and a runny nose. Now, back then, there wasn't a lot of options. Tylenol really, like, you know, take a Tylenol and put some dirt on it. And, you know, that's what you had. So Mary, who liked horseback riding and earning money babysitting neighborhood kids, was told by her parents, Dennis and Gina, to take a Tylenol and go back to bed. The seventh grader would be staying home from school. Her dad, Dennis, said, quote, I heard her go to the bathroom. I heard the door close. And then I heard something drop. I went to the bathroom door. I called, Mary, are you okay? There was no answer. I called again. Mary, are you okay? There was still no answer. So I opened the bathroom door, and my little girl was on the floor unconscious. She was still in her pajamas. Hmm. I feel like I can't say unconscious now. Um, firefighter Richard Keyworth with the Elk Grove Village Fire Department said, quote, 
One of the paramedics on the call was Dave Spung. Dave was one of the best paramedics I had ever met. He threw everything in that drug box at this young lady and nothing made a difference. So, side note, we have a drug box as paramedics. We keep yeah. all of our medications in a, essentially a tackle box <laughs> is mm. what it is. It looks, it's a fucking tackle box. Yeah. So that's what he means by drug box. Yeah. It's epi, all the, you know, life-saving shit. Yeah. So, <clears throat> at 9.56 a.m., Mary was pronounced dead at Alexian Brothers Medical Center in Elk Grove Village. Um, the only medication that was listed on the paramedics run report, which is the call report, was the Tylenol that she had taken that morning. Preliminary cause of death from the ER was a stroke. Ooh. Mm. At 12. I wonder why they thought that. Yeah. Because to me, it would have been coma of unknown origin. Mm-hmm. Which I just, okay, so here's another side note. And I'm sorry, but I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how they found a guy unconscious on the floor. Yeah. They narcaned him. And the girls were like, "Is did they suspect something? Like, did they just assume? Or is this something that's just done? It's it done. is something that's just done. Yeah. If we walk into a home and somebody is laying on the ground it's unconscious, the first thing you right, do. and nobody can tell us, we the first things we assume are drug overdose or low blood sugar. Right. So we're checking your blood sugar and we're giving you Narcan. Right. It's standard protocol. It's what we're not making assumptions. We're not making right. judgments. We're just trying to fix you. Because even if it's not that issue, it, those Narcan's drugs, not going to hurt it you. It doesn't hurt you. Correct. So it it only reverses the drug. It doesn't do anything anything else to you. But right. it's it's our com- our protocol is actually called coma of unknown origin. Right. We don't know. That's what we start with. So it is standard protocol. There's no assumptions made or anything. Right. But I wonder what made them think stroke for a 12 year old. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office was notified. Deputy Chief Medical Examiner Dr. Edmund, I believe it's Donahue, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, said there didn't seem to be anything too suspicious about Mary's death, but an autopsy was ordered because of her age and no prior medical history. Mm-hmm. So in Cook County, it's six months to like, what, 62? They do an autopsy unless there's extensive medical history? Oh, I honestly, I have no clue. I think that's what it is. I, I have no clue. I'm Yeah. If there's no medical history, it's I think it's six months and between six months and sixty two. That that's news to me. Which by the way, the phone number to the Cook County ME yeah, is six six six. Just throwing that out there. So um yeah, otherwise you can call like the funeral home to come get them or whatever. Yeah, I mean we would just I mean obviously the murders that we worked, we mm-hmm. it was an automatic. Right, right. So like if I go on a call and it's, say, like a 42-year-old. No medical history, they're going to the Emmys. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so it's there's an age. Yeah, or from, like a body found in the woods right. or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, like, yeah, that one for sure. Yeah, no, we're an autopsy's being done. Odds are they don't have pants on either because there's a pants gnome. Yeah. But he comes and gets the pants. I, very few. Uh, I, I don't even, I can't even remember any cases yeah. where they would just say, Hey. Oh, see, now I had a lot of them. You wouldn't. What no. We would call, we would get a time of death, and mm. then the family would notify a funeral home, and the funeral home would no, come pick up we, the body. I can't even remember any cases yeah. where. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have like those. That. I no. would. Right. So. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm sorry. I did that question, I had no clue. What the fuck, babe? I know. Son of a bitch. Jesus. Idiot. God. So uh, th- I was. I mean, I under- 
understand what he's saying. There's nothing too suspicious, but it, it's just they thought it was a car. You know, well, they thought for her yeah. it was a stroke. But um, <clears throat> Nick Pishos, I believe, is how you say his name. I'm sure I'm completely fucking wrong. How do you but say it? Pishos. Pishos. P i s h o s. Pishos. Can I just call him Nick from now on? Pishosh. So you stop making fun of me. Call him the Pishos. Oh, by the way. My dispatcher today was like, so, you know, you and Mark, like, talk a lot? And I was like, no. I don't let him touch my pens or my notebooks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he just grunts and makes fun of me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Good talk. Yeah. So, he's an investigator for the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. And he did a phone interview with Mary's dad while Elk Grove Village Police went to the family home to make sure that everything matched up. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't do a whole lot of, like, I just feel like it would seem a little more strange with a 12-year-old cardiac arrest. They didn't seem to be too bothered by it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I, I mean, know. if there's no signs of foul play. But it's a 12-year-old. Yeah. But you know? Still. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I see both sides of it. So. Yeah. Mm. Now, Adam. Because what are you going to go on? <clears throat> right. Well, yeah. What are you going to go on? And then you, you wait for the autopsy. Yeah. Which they probably did. And then it comes back a stroke. Okay. Right. Call it a day. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. And I mean. It, it unfortunately it happens kids yeah kids hearts stop you know yeah so adam janice i'm fucking up all your names but was a 27 year old god damn it babe holster worker from arlington heights i'm like what did i do <laughs> um he took a sick day after waking up feeling like he was getting a cold he went to pick up his kids from preschool and on the way back home he stopped at jewel for some medicine Oh, is it Jewel or Jules? There's not a motherfucking S on the end of it. J- babe, come on. You're from Chicago. I know. Everybody it's says Jules. Jules. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Get with it. I know. I know. Um, Adam grabbed a bottle of extra strength Tylenol and headed home. Him and the kids had lunch, and around noon, he said, I'm going to take two Tylenol and lie down. I'm assuming his wife is home at this point. I mean, who else is he talking to? I mean, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Himself. I will take I think I will go Tylenol. lie down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. So <clears throat> he took a couple capsules and headed to the bedroom. However, a few minutes later, he staggered into the kitchen and collapsed. Mm. Within moments. Yeah. So now the same thing with Mary. Within, she, she made it to the bathroom. She took a Tylenol. She collapsed. And now where's this at again? He is in Arlington Heights. Okay. So fairly close. Yeah. So it's Chicagoland area. Yeah. But both are a right. northern suburbs. Yes. So Adam was taken to Northwest Community Hospital where he died. At approximately 3.15, Northwest Community Hospital's medical director for the intensive care unit, I believe, Dr. Thomas Kim was talking to Adam's family, trying to explain what happened. He said, quote, it's hard, even if you know the diagnosis. I was trying to tell them we didn't know why. Yeah. Our first job is to resuscitate, and we couldn't even do that. His heart just would not resuscitate. The preliminary cause of death from Dr. Kim was a cardiac event, probable MI, which is myocardial infarction, which is a heart attack. Infarction? Infarction. I thought you just... Fuck that word up. No. It's infarction. Not infection? No, myocardial infarction. Infarction. Yes, that means uh, like a oxygen blockage. Lord Farquart. Yes. Not a heart infection. That's what I'll call it. That's pericarditis. You had a Lord Farquart. There you go. Oh, my God. 
babe. You're, it's were a, you drinking before I got no, there? No, but babe, I'm a light, like you're very pleasant. I'm a lightweight, and I'm already feeling. God, it. You are such a wiener. Oh my god, I've had like six sips, and I'm already feeling. Oh my it. god. Oh, this will be fun. I'm sorry. I needed something to wake up because I was fucking so tired. You chose Jack Daniels. A coffee and Jack Daniels. <laughs> Because I told you, like, we don't have time to record tomorrow. So <clears throat> we don't. We, we needed to do and it And we didn't today. have time all week, so yeah, we... we needed to do it today. My medicine was already uh, fucking making guys, me tired. Guys, we're trying so hard to get on a schedule of, like, yeah. Wednesday and Saturday. And something always fucking yes. comes up, so... And now, f- with football starting with, up, it's going to be even yeah. more difficult. The big thing is, with me going back to work, I just... I couldn't finish it. Yeah. So... But with football, it's going to be more difficult. So, yeah, I had a fucking coffee. The last one left. And then a oh, fucking. Oh, fuck. That's what I forgot. A fucking Jack Daniels to fucking try to wake me up. So. I am not judging in any um, way, shape, or form. You know, I never fucking drink when no. we do this. No. But I, we should start, though. Do you know how many people do? <sighs> Babe, there's it's like a, a lo- thing. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of fucking. I just have so much to do. Podcasts that do that. Yeah, and it just. I have too much to do. I can't. Otherwise, I would partake in it's the like festivities over, with you. It's like overly done with the podcast. We could just get drunk and not tell anybody. Yeah. You know, whatever. My cases would be really interesting then. So, I wouldn't sure. be able to write. Um, I totally lost my fucking place because we're talking about Jack Daniels. Oh, okay. I'm just going to have a sip. So his wife, Teresa, and his parents were among multiple people that were in the hospital waiting room. Yeah. From the hospital, they all went back to Adam's home. At 345, now we're going to multiple people. FYI, try and keep up there. Am I breathing too hard, by the way, too? No. I feel like all I hear is... No, that's the dog. (sighs) No, it's me. It's not. It's not, guy. Someone come and get your fucking boy, please. Oh my God. I'm drunk. All right. So, um, at three forty-five, Mary Lynn, she went by Lynn Rayner, was at her home in Winfield, Illinois. The twenty-seven-year-old was recovering from the very recent birth of her fourth child. Her husband Ed was at work. She wasn't feeling well, still having some discomfort from the birth, and took some Tylenol. She's like a week postpartum. And where's this at? I'm trying to get all this. Winfield. So still up Next to Arlington Heights. Yeah. yeah. Within minutes of taking the Tylenol, Mary collapses in front of her eight-year-old daughter. Mm. Uh, Ed said, quote, we were together for a long time. She was an excellent mother. We had four children. The baby was a week old. I came home right after she had fallen on the floor. An ambulance came and rushed her to Central DuPage Hospital in Winfield. I'm not going to say a whole lot more than that. He Mm. was devastated. Yeah, you could tell. At 5 o'clock, the Janice family had all gathered at Adam's house to mourn together and to start planning the services. Adam's younger brother, Stanley, and his newer wife, whose name was also Teresa, Mm -hmm. were at the house. Stanley had some chronic back pain and it was flaring up and they both were complaining of headaches just from, you know, the day, crying and everything. Yeah. So Stanley had Teresa get the extra strength Tylenol from Adam's medicine cabinet. Don't even tell me. Teresa handed him two capsules and she took two herself. Moments later, Stanley collapsed, quickly followed by Teresa collapsing. Yeah. Lieutenant Charles Kramer with the Arlington Heights Fire Department said, quote, when I arrived at the house, there were cars and people everywhere. 
All eight of my men were working. Four on one man, four on a woman. Everything that would happen to the man happened to the woman a few minutes later. They, so wow. They, yeah. I, I don't even know Three what to in say. ten hours. So don't even know what to say. At approximately 5.30, Dr. Kim was putting on his jacket to leave. Now, they specifically said blue blazer, so I don't know if that was important to him, so I feel like I should put that in there. Um, he was getting ready to leave Northwest Community Hospital when a nurse told him that the Janus family was coming back in. He suspected it was Adam's parents who were elderly and feeble, is what he said, and very upset. So he thought they weren't taking the news well. The nurse said, no, it's his brother. And Dr. Kim thought maybe he fainted as he was just speaking to the six-foot-tall healthy man. The nurse was like, nope, CPR is in progress. The wife is right behind him, and CPR is also in progress on her. Jesus Christ. So thinking that the issue could be carbon monoxide poisoning... The rest of the Janus family was taken to the hospital for observation. Mm-hmm. Which kudos to the firemen for thinking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is actually yeah. really because what else is going what else on? would it be? Everybody in the house, is, yeah. you know. So Nurse Helen Jensen received a call during dinner from Lieutenant Kramer with the Arlington Heights Fire Department. He's like, "Listen, there's some shit going down. We had a dead guy in the morning, and now we have two more dead people from the same house." They want a public health person here. Yeah. She dropped everything and went to the hospital. When she got there, she spoke with Adam's wife, um, who was beside herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were young. They had two kids. Yeah. And then she watched her fucking brother and sister-in-law oh my fall God. out. So um, Deputy Emmy Donahue, um, de- excuse me, medical examiner Donahue, went back to the office to pick something up. He lived a couple blocks away. He forgot it. When one of the guys stopped him and was like, hey, so the guy from this morning, like now his brother and his wife are, mm-hmm. are here. Yeah. When investigator Pichos, Nick, uh, got Pichos. to the hospital, he figured out pr- pretty quickly that nobody knew what the hell was going on. Yeah. Uh, he decided to go back to Adam's house to see if anything was out of the ordinary. At 6.30, 31-year-old Elmhurst resident Mary McFarland was working at the Illinois Bell store in Lombard when she started complaining of a bad headache. She went into the back room and took at least one extra strength, extra strength Tylenol that we know of. Mm-hmm. Within minutes, she had collapsed. Jeez. At 8 o'clock, Nurse Jensen, Investigator Pichos, and police arrive at the Janus home. Pichos said he expected to walk in and find a smoking gun. Like, the water heater's fucked. It's carbon monoxide. Like, he yeah. thought it was just going to stare him in the face. Um... Having found out that they did metalworking as a hobby and being told that sometimes cyanide is used for polishing, he checked the basement to make sure that there wasn't anything that they could have come into contact with. Didn't find anything. Uh, Jensen looked around and didn't see anything but a shelf full of over-the-counter medications. She also found a bottle of Tylenol. She counted them. There were six capsules missing. Yeah. So she's like, huh, six capsules three people dead it's the fucking tylenol yeah so at this time there's no protective sealing or anything of that sort on over-the-counter medication just cotton at the top of the bottle oh, really? and i'm obviously we don't remember that yeah. but i they i saw pictures i mean there was nothing on it really? it was like opening a fucking gallon of milk oh, there wasn't even like the plastic around it yeah so anybody could fucking go in there mm-hmm. and do it you know so they brought the bottle of Tylenol back to the hospital with them. 
At 8.15, Stanley Janice is pronounced dead at Northwest Community Hospital. At 9.30, 35-year-old United Airlines flight attendant Paula Prince stopped at the Walgreens at 1601 North Wells Street on her way home. After flying into O'Hare from Las Vegas, Paula wasn't feeling well, so she grabbed some Tylenol for some cold symptoms. When she got home, she took the Tylenol and went to bed. Pishos and Jensen returned to the hospital and met with police and Dr. Kim in a little room off of the ER, which those are the bad rooms. Yeah, they are. So, Jensen put the bottle of Tylenol down, saying, this is it. This is what did it. According to her, nobody believed her until she literally stomped her feet to shut everybody up to tell them. It's the fucking Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Kim, he's frustrated at this point, and he's just desperate to figure out what happened to these people. Um, Pichos remembers that the paramedics inventoried a bottle of Tylenol from a 12-year-old cardiac arrest earlier. Kudos to them. Mm-hmm. They took the bottle with them. Dr. Kim was racking his brain. The only thing that made sense was cyanide poisoning. But where and how would that have happened? Yeah. So... The only way to check was a blood test he'd never done and didn't know the name of it. (laughs) Um, Another doctor, though, told him of a lab that actually did the specialized testing. Mm -hmm. So they took samples from the the two brothers and the wife, the Janices, um, and they were sent immediately to the lab. After some searching, Pichos discovered the two bottles had the same lot number, MC2880. Uh, the deputy uh, medical examiner tells him to open the bottle and smell it. Pichos opened the bottle and poured out the first one and then poured out the second one. All the capsules came out, nothing out of the ordinary. However, after getting halfway through the second bottle, he could smell the strong smell of almonds in both bottles. So that's what cyanide smells like? Yes, but here's the thing. Deputy medical examiner Donahue said, quote, I was very lucky the investigator could smell cyanide because only about half of the population can smell it. Really? Between 50 to 60% of the world's population carry a gene that can smell cyanide. The other half does. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlay, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wow. 
Now, they all, I also read that if your olfactory nerves are, they're tired, you won't be able to smell. Now, what does cyanide do to your body? Well, let me explain. <laughs> I tried to write it down, like, to make sense. So, <clears throat> at the same time, though, now he real Pishos is like, this is fucking cyanide. You know, what else is it going to be? Yeah. So, cyanide is a chemical asphyxiant. It blocks the utilization of oxygen by red blood cells. So, it essentially cuts off the oxygen from the inside. So, is it a painful <clears throat> death or... Do you kind of it's, go... It's very quick. I mean, these people were dropping. Okay. So um, you can be you can be in a room with plenty of oxygen, breathe it in, and breathe normal, and it doesn't get picked up by the red blood cells, which means you are instantly suffocating. Really? You, you asphyxiate. Because oh your, your red blood cells that carry the oxygen are not giving the oxygen to your body. Yeah. And in large doses, it takes over instantly. Wow. So <clears throat> it causes brain damage and cardiac arrest, and it happens very quickly. So on Thursday, September 30th of 1982, at 1 in the morning, Dr. Kim receives the lab reports. It was a massive amount of cyanide found, anywhere from 100 to 1,000 times more than what would normally be needed to kill a person. Mm. They each had that much in them. <clears throat> At 3.15 a.m., Mary McFarland is pronounced dead at Good Samaritan Hospital in Downers Grove. She was a single mother to two boys, Ryan and Bradley. I tried to find as much as I could on the victims, and there's, yeah. there's not a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, at 9.30 a.m., Mary Rayner was pronounced dead at Central DuPage Hospital in Winfield. She left Ed behind as a widow to raise four kids by himself. Sergeant Bill Reiser with the Winfield Police Department said they weren't sure what happened, so no connections were made at this point because they're in different towns. Mm. They're not talking to each other. Yeah. They're all at different hospitals except the Janices. Mm-hmm. So the only way that a connection was started was the Emmy's investigator, Pishos, because he had talked to the dad of the 12-year-old. Right. So otherwise they wouldn't, they would have had no way to know. Right. Now at 10 a.m., the next day, an attorney from Johnson & Johnson arrived at the medical examiner's office. Now, Don- Johnson & Johnson is the parent company of Tylenol. Mm-hmm. He was taken into the lab so the toxicologist could explain what he found. After a half an hour, he realized the uh, medical examiner had no choice but to release the information. The information was then brought to Roy Dames, who is the CEO of the medical examiner's office, which they have a CEO. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I just um, thought they had, like, the main... Like the ME. <laughs> ...medical examiner. Yeah. Um, so he made sure that nothing was missed and there were no other connections. Once he did that, he gave the okay to release the information. Uh, Ray uh, Dames... I'm probably saying his name wrong. ...contacted the CEO of Johnson & Johnson to inform him of an upcoming press conference. The CEO said, do you have to? Um, yeah. Roy said, do you have a better idea? And the CEO said, no, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So at 10 a.m., Deputy Medical Examiner Donahue gave a press conference to warn the public that there could be danger. Cyanide had been found in Tylenol, and it was probably a good idea to not take it for a while. They weren't trying to cause mass panic. Just don't take the Tylenol until we figure out what the fuck is going on, pretty much. So... Uh, Nurse Jensen called Arlington Heights Police Department and told them that they needed to remove Tylenol from store shelves. 
No one at this point had spoken to the police, and they initially were like, we can't fucking do that. So she made some more phone calls, and the deputy chief finally was like, hit every store, take every bottle. Okay. So these towns really, like, took care of themselves at this point, you know? Yeah, that's real good. So the news conference caused widespread panic across Chicago, the suburbs, and soon the nation. Tylenol was quickly being removed from shelves. Police were using loudspeakers in the streets to tell people not to take their Tylenol. Wow. There's no internet. Yeah. That was the internet, you know? Hospitals became overcrowded with non-related illnesses, and the poison control lines were flooded. Medical examiner CEO Dames said he fielded calls from worried people who had recently taken Tylenol, to which he responded, quote, if you took it and you're calling me, don't worry, but don't take anymore. Yeah. So... Johnson & Johnson's immediate response was considered one of the best public relations reaction in history. Hmm. They were on their shit immediately. Okay. At 3 o'clock that afternoon, the, the next day, so they announced the recall of all Tylenol from lot number MC2880. A warning was issued to consumers via all media outlets. An 800 line, an 800 number line, excuse me, was created for panicked customers, and there was a separate media line for reporters as to not clog the line for consumers. Stores, again, were instructed to remove all Tylenol bottles. A $100,000 reward was set up for any information that could identify a suspect. At 8 o'clock that night, Attorney General Tyrone Fainer was at a Republican event at Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles, which just recently burned. You remember that? No. A couple months ago? No. Um, His aide informed him of the poisonings, and he's like, well, call the state's attorney. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm having fun. I'm going to (laughs) drink. And the aide was like, cool, more than one county. Totally fucking you. Let's go. So uh, director of the Illinois Department of Law Enforcement, James Zagel, was also notified. Attorney General Fainer left the event to try and figure out what the fuck was going on. Right. Sat in the car for a few minutes trying to like, you know, what the Sober fuck? up. Yeah, like, shit. Of course this would happen Son tonight. of a bitch. Ugh. Damn it. Director Zagel said it was clear early on that this could be a crime of repetition and was going to require a large team. Friday, October 1st, 1982, at 11 o'clock a.m., Attorney General Fainer called a meeting with state and local police, the chiefs of police, and the director of the Illinois State Police. Because of the size of the actual situation being unknown, he also called in the feds. Feds. The feds. The fuzz. At 1.15 a.m. that afternoon, Teresa Janice is taken off of life support at Northwest Community Hospital and is pronounced dead. Mm. Uh, later that evening, Chicago police were contacted by the family of Paula Prince to do a well-being check. The flight attendant, remember? Mm-hmm. She had missed dinner with her sister, not answering her phone, and had been a no-show for a flight that morning. At 5 o'clock that evening, police responded for the well-being check at 1540 North LaSalle Street and discovered the body of Paula Prince. Mm. Superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, Richard... I have no idea. B-R-Z-E-C-Z-E-K? I don't know. Brezicek? Yeah, I don't know if I remember the superintendent back at that time. He said, quote, I'll tell you what they found. The Tylenol bottle was still sitting on the vanity, open. She took it in the the bathroom, and by the time she got to the threshold of the door, she was dead. 
Wow. A security camera at the Walgreens on, uh, that she was at shows Paula purchasing the Tylenol at the register, but there were no cameras in or pointing at the aisles. So there was no way to see. Mm-hmm. At 8 o'clock, Mayor Jane Byrne was also at back-to-back social events, um, along with the superintendent. He's the one who left and called the mayor and told her about Paula Prince. So now there's one in the city limits of Chicago. Uh, Deputy Medical Examiner Donahue once again got the toxicologist out of bed for the analysis of Paula Prince. This was only the second time in the history of the medical examiner's office that the toxicologist had been pulled out of bed. The first time was for Adam Janus. Really? Yeah. Uh, The mayor met with the police superintendent, the fire commissioner, and the head doctor at the Board of Health. Yeah. Flyers were printed immediately in every language. At 11 o'clock, Mayor Byrne holds a press conference to provide information about the death of Paula Prince. The mayor also ordered all Tylenol products pulled off the shelves in Chicago. On Monday, October 4th, 1982, On the orders of Mayor Byrne, the Chicago City Council passes an ordinance requiring tamper-resistant packaging for all drugs sold in stores. So she started it. Really quick. They were, babe, they were on the fucking ball. Yeah, like really fucking quick. So you're looking at four days later. Yeah. The attorney for Johnson & Johnson was there the next day. Like... Good for them. And Johnson and Johnson made no at no point in time. Some people will later claim that they think that they covered it up, but they at no point in time tried to hide anything. They were very open and honest. They're like, we don't know how the fuck it happened. Yeah. We don't know how many states it's covering. We're gonna do the best we can to take care of it, you know? So on Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday, October fifth, nineteen eighty two, Johnson and Johnson recalls all Tylenol products nationwide. Wow. 31 million bottles. Holy shit. To the tune in 1982 of $100 million. Oh my God. Right now. Could you imagine how much that would have been now? $281 million. Dude. So they took a hit. Johnson and Johnson took a fucking hit. Yeah. Now, because of how they handled it, they bounced back in less than a year. I could believe that. So. Yeah. Um. So they, it was a hundred million dollars. They offered, when you do things the right way. Yep. Yes. You have nothing to fucking worry about. Right. And like I said, they didn't try to hide anything. They're like, we take full responsibility. We don't know. Right. So they offered refunds and replacements with caplets, which are their pills yeah. essentially that yeah. are shaped like capsules, so for easy swallowing. During the investigation, it was discovered that the drugs were produced and manufactured at two different pharmaceutical facilities, one in Pennsylvania and one in Texas. So this led police to believe that the bottles had to have been tampered with in the stores oh. after they or after they got to the stores. Yeah, yeah. Police believe the suspect removed the bottles from the stores, replaced the Tylenol with cyanide and brought the bottles back into the we- or excuse me, in the weeks and months prior to the deaths. And it had to have been right beforehand if they're yeah. all buying it at the same time, yeah. you know. And how or often put them at the front of the? How often do I fucking buy Tylenol? Like how yeah. often? Because you buy a big ass bottle, you use it for a fucking year. Like how often do you run out? Right. You know. Right. So. So you must have stocked it in the front. He had to have. Yeah. Because see, this is why I never take the first one of anything. Yeah. A lot I always of take the don't. second. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I do that with drinks. I feel in, like in the cooler. Yeah. Well, I feel like the first one everybody's touched. 
Yes. Yeah. Or put their hands on to look at. Something. You know, or taking it out to look at the nutritional value. Or fucking sniff the lid or something. You know, all the same shit that we do, too. And I'm sure people look at me sniffing a bottle and they're like, so whatever. Uh, in addition to the five tainted bottles that belonged to the victims, uh, approximately three more were found in the Chicago land area because they had pulled every bottle. Yeah. And now they're testing every fucking bottle. Oh, my God. Yes. Ugh. So. I got Who the move. fuck is testing all this? Yeah. Oh, babe. Damn. Um, so many consider this to be an act of domestic terrorism. It, it is. Although that was not a term then. So, you know, a bunch of people came out later and they they tried to explain it in the 80s, but they came out later and now they're like, this term fits perfect. Yeah, oh, it absolutely is, Um, 100%. It was done for control. There were no intended victims, just random victims. Mm -hmm. And investigators had nothing. Yeah. There's no fingerprints. There's no DNA. There's nothing. There's fucking nothing. It's the perfect crime Mm -hmm. because you have nothing. Yep. Soon after and the on the bottles, everyone touches. Everybody the fucking touch. You know how many goddamn fingerprints? Yeah, there? including the people who fucking manufactured it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, man, like perfect crime. Yeah, it, perfect crime. It really is to do domestic terrorism mm-hmm. on on America. Perfect fucking. One crime. of the firemen was like, they wanted to bring the nation to their knees. Yeah, and they did. Yeah. Because it's fucking Tylenol. Yep. Everybody takes Tylenol. Everyone fucking uses it. You know? So, soon after the deaths, Johnson & Johnson received a letter demanding $1 million. That's it? Yeah. Um, he said if he got the money, he would stop the killings. The letter was written by a man named James W. Lewis. Simultaneously, a letter stating intentions to blow up the White House and, quote, create more Tylenol deaths if Ronald Reagan didn't change the tax-based policies was received at the White House. James Lewis was a tax accountant, and they knew it was him because his fingerprints were on the letter. Oh, boy. Uh, at 19, he chased his mom with an axe. Because that's Lovely. normal. Yeah. Uh, Lovely man. In 1966, he was admitted to a mental hospital after overdosing on 36 anison pills, which is like aspirin. Mm -hmm. Um, This was in Missouri, and he was diagnosed with catatonic schizophrenia. Yeah. Lewis would later say that these acts were fabricated to avoid the Vietnam draft. Mm. And he's not crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, In... He was also charged and acquitted of a 1978 murder that involved dismemberment. Really? Yeah. So he's not. What the fuck? He's not like a fine upstanding citizen. Right. Like, what's going on, um, dude? Him and his wife then decided to start an import pill making. uh, They started a business to import pill making machines to India. Okay. What? That's What the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) Right. Like a Play-Doh sure. thing? Like you can make a Play-Doh ball? I, what I, is that? I guess. I don't. Oh. Sure. Um, in 1981, he was suspected of using fake addresses to falsify credit card applications. Mm. While they suspected him of this, he fled to Chicago under an assumed name with his wife. After the police found evidence. Yeah. Uh, he lived in Chicago for almost a year. On September 4th of 1982, he took an Amtrak to New York. So now he's in the area. At the time. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a letter saying that he fucking did it. Yeah. So, 
Um, there was surveillance video that showed a male who was possibly Lewis, very similar, but no positive ID. Uh, in prison, though, later on, he offered his help by describing in detail how to inject the capsules with cyanide. Really? <laughs> hey, OJ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, on December 13th, 1982. The fits. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. December 13th, 1982, which is our wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI apprehended James Lewis <laughs> and his wife Leanne turned herself in. Uh, it turns out the couple obviously lived in New York and supposedly were there at the time of the murders, but had very recently traveled, obviously, to Chicago. Lewis instructed Johnson & Johnson to wire the money to a closed bank account of a business owner who had previously bounced checks to him and his wife and short-changed cha- short them of $531. $500-fucking-$. Wow. Really? Yeah. So he said that um, his defense attorney said that Lewis wrote the letter for the sole purpose of getting the feds to go after this guy. Yeah. I call bullshit. However, there was no credible evidence to charge him with the poisonings, but he was charged and convicted for extortion. He was sentenced to 20 years and he served 13. So he's out now. Yeah, he wrote a book. They live in like fucking Connecticut or some Shut bullshit. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. It's it's a book about he wrote a bu- uh, like book a, about it's what? like a fiction crime book. Are you fucking yeah. serious? Wouldn't it have been awesome if it was like so if if I did the Tylenol first, <laughs> this is what I would do. <laughs> Come on, OJ. Oh, this dude is totally guilty. Yeah. So in early 2009, court documents were released showing quote the Department of Justice investigators concluded Lewis was responsible for the poisonings despite the fact that they did not have enough evidence to charge him. In January of 2010, Lewis and his wife submitted DNA and fingerprints to authorities. In my notes, I wrote, which will do fucking squat because there were no prints or DNA at any scene or on any of the bottles. What does it matter that they're (laughs) sending it in? He maintains his innocence and says, quote, if the FBI plays it fair, I have nothing to worry about. He's a felon anyway. Right. They They got your shit already, dude. They got his DNA anyways (laughs) when he went in. It's already there. Oh it's there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, another man by the name of Roger Arnold was identified and investigated for the poisonings. A bar owner by the name of Marty Sinclair allegedly told authorities that Arnold kept cyanide in his home and had said, quote, suspicious things about the Tylenol murders while in the bar. Now, he did have cyanide, but he had gotten rid of it six months prior to the murder. Where can you get cyanide? Uh, well, if you Google the Tylenol murders, one of the things that pops up is buy cyanide on Amazon. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, cyanide. You and You are I, fucking kidding no, me. No, I left out a whole fucking page on cyanide because I figured you would fall asleep. Cyanide is actually, it can be found, and we literally just had this conversation. It can be found in some foods such as lima beans, peach yeah. pits, cherry pits. Yeah. It can also be found in manufacturing and industrial um, solutions like insecticides and jewelry cleaner. Okay. So in small amounts. There's also small amounts everywhere. Right. But it, you have to ingest it in a, in a certain amount, obviously. Right. So, right. Um, <clears throat> but so, Amazon. Right. But, but I mean, Amazon. Cool. So, I wrote too many arrows. So, Roger Arnold was a 48-year-old dock worker at a jewel warehouse. Mm. Hmm. That was one of several 
connections that investigators found. Makes me scratch my head. His wife worked at a psychiatric ward, uh, which happened to be right across the street from where Mary Rayner bought her Tylenol. Hmm. Officers found how-to crime books and evidence of, quote, chemistry. But they found beakers and a bag of powder, which was nothing. Um, Arnold, how to be a criminal. Hmm. What? Why, why do you buy that shit? Why do you have a shit? book? Why do you buy that shit, people? Who wrote the book? Oh, my what God. What publisher was like, this is fucking this amazing. Is, I'm signing this guy. What He's amazing. Fu- what the fuck? <laughs> they're they're OJ's publishers. Oh my obviously. God, OJ's pub- publishers. So Arnold refused to take a polygraph, which I ain't judging, dude. Mm-mm. I don't blame you. Uh, there was never enough evidence to prosecute him. Ever. So Arnold ended up having a nervous breakdown due to all the media attention. In the summer of 1983, Arnold shot and killed a man by the name of John Stanisha when he was leaving a bar with multiple friends. It was rumored that Arnold shot Stanisha because he mistook him for Marty Sinclair, Mm -hmm. who obviously he thought was, you know, who ratted him out. Him and his lawyer adamantly deny that. They say it was a self-defense thing, whatever. Uh, He was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 30 years. He served 15 before dying in 2008. Mm. Uh, They also... Ended up interviewing Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. No shit. Because at the time, now yeah. if you remember, there was a woman who worked in Lombard. Yeah. At that time, Ted Kaczynski was living with his parents yeah. in Lombard. Yep. So they did question him. Really? Yes. yes. They interviewed him at length. Wow. He's like, listen, I do bombs, not pills. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't I'm, me. I'm the bomber. Right. I'm bombing people. I'm better I'm not, than pills. Yeah, right. But they did. They interviewed him at length because he he was there no when it happened. Shit. Isn't that like the fucking man? The way what a the small universe world. works. There's yeah. another one. Like I, we're gonna do Adam Walsh, and there's another like weird connection oh, we thing in Adam, Adam Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, we definitely got. Maybe do we'll that make case. that the next Patreon. Yeah, so. yeah, because I, I, I want to do that one, oh, too. Oh, the, the connection in that one? Really? Oh, oh, yeah, just wait. Oh, I'm excited. So, immediately following the murders, hundreds of copycat crimes were committed. In 1986, three deaths resulted from tampered-with capsules. The first one was a woman in Yonkers, New York, who died after taking an extra-strength Tylenol laced with cyanide. They think it could have been a random bottle. They don't know. I couldn't even imagine how many copycats there were of this. Now, this is the other case I was going to do. Susan Snow and Bruce Nichols, uh, who lived in Washington State, died after ingesting Excedrin laced with cyanide. Bruce's wife, Stella, was arrested and convicted of both murders. Oh, (laughs) jeez. You suck. Yeah. You couldn't do it. Loser. University of Texas student Kenneth Ferries died after taking cyanide-laced anison capsules. It was originally ruled a homicide. However, after investigating, it was ruled a suicide when they discovered that he had obtained cyanide from the lab he worked at. Mm. Uh, in 1986, there was a hoax uh, in Chicago and Detroit, obviously talking about contaminated pills again. It caused a recall recall of encap. In Caprin, I believe is how I'm saying it. So I'm sure the moms sure. are going to correct us. Uh, this resulted in such a drop in sales that it was permanently pulled from the market. Uh, market shares for Johnson & Johnson went from 35% to 8%. Oh, However, like I said, because of how they handled it, they rebounded in less than a year. Good. 
They eventually they did handle they, it. they handled well. it exactly how they should have. Yeah. They uh, eventually introduced reintroduced capsules in a triple sealed package and were promoted by price. I don't know what that means. Uh, some people believe the contamination happened somewhere along the distribution chain that police did not investigate, and Johnson and Johnson covered it up. There's literally no evidence of yeah. that whatsoever. The Tylenol murders prompted food, consumer, and pharmaceutical industries to increase quality control checks and use tamper-resistant packagings that we see today. Many over-the-counter bottles have tamper-proof sealing that the where you got to pull yeah. the tap and you always fucking orange juice goes everywhere. Oh my god! It's like Joey fucking putting the thing him. in the milk. Yep. There's a better way, Kevin. <laughs> in 1983, the Tylenol bill was passed. It's a uh, it now makes it a federal offense to tamper with consumer products. Oh, wow. And in 1989, the FDA established federal guidelines for manufacturing to make all such products tamper-proof. Nice. I think I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So that is the Tylenol mergers. That's fucking wild. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I didn't know anything about that. No. But I, I knew fuck? bits and pieces. I knew what happened from my mom talking about it. But, oh, man. Now, That's people, a lot more people than not think that that guy, James Lewis, did it. Yeah, I, I would, my opinion yeah. kind of leans And he, he wrote the letter because he got it got to the point, it's like fucking BTK. Yeah. When he started contacting the police, he wanted the attention. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to do a crime like that without trying. Without to get, wanting. Yeah. Right. Without trying to get attention. But that's what they do. They write fucking letters to yeah. the police. But it, that's that's fucking insane. That's that that's a wild case, mm-hmm. and it's just scary because I'm telling you, even with the tamper proof. Oh, I'm sure you, you can get you into can it. Buy it off the shelf and still get away. To fucking tamper you can get that. a needle through that plastic yes. and you may not hit every pill but you're gonna hit one yes. of them but like the seal you could undo the seal and fucking glue, carefully glue it back it's scary it's fucking very mm-hmm. scary it is but this is insane i mean not they have nothing nothing yeah. nothing that's it's crazy it really fucking it, it's is it's a fucking perfect crime it really is and i mean it shows because they have no one. I mean, they have a suspect who they think, but, but he like, was—he's never been convicted. They have of nothing. It. They don't have enough to convict anybody. So it, it it is a fucking perfect crime. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Wow, that was interesting, babe. I it like was. That. It was. I like that a lot. So yeah, this one, yeah, grabbed my attention. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a really short one. I'm like, how long could it be? And then I started reading no, about it, and I'm like, holy we're at an hour. fuck! Yeah, it's. So, Good amount of information. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do for our next one? Do we know? The abduction of Jamie Kloss. Okay. Which. I don't think I've ever heard of it. Oh, my God. Heartbreaking? Yes. Yes. Okay. But she's. He knows we're done. Yeah. Um, she's, She survived. It's not, it's not a spoiler alert. Everybody knows. She survived. She's okay. living with an aunt. She's thriving with her dog, Molly. But. Okay. Jesus fucking Christ. What? Like. What she had to go it's through. It's going to make you want to lock the kids in the fucking house and never let them outside. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. that's another request. I'm trying to get down the line. I know I know a lot of people have requested uh, Jonestown. Yeah. 
So, and again, people, we apologize. I know there's been like, I have a list of my own, but I've given it to Jamie. And if there just is not a lot of information, we we can't put together an episode. And I try, I keep them in my back pocket though, because if there's something similar, I'll put them together and I'll do two stories in one episode. Yeah. So So I do keep it all. But a lot on my list, almost like 10 episodes that 10 requests that yeah. I got, you know, there's just not enough to go on. There's There was one request that was so It would be like a five-minute long episode. I mean, it would literally be like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Remember Addie Hall? Yeah. There is one. Her best friend strangled a stripper. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Or was the one that got strangled? No. Yeah. She strangled her and her boyfriend strangled a stripper. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking... That's insane. Yeah. There's not a lot. Not, yeah. I mean, that's the story. They strangled a stripper. <laughs> but like I, I said, so, I today I got two new ones, so I'll, I'll give them to you. I don't know if you'll be able to get much from them, but we'll see. Have you heard of them? <sighs> Babe, I can't even remember what I wrote down. Drunk. To be honest with you. He's drunk. Yeah, I can't <laughs> even remember what I wrote down. <laughs> So there's um there was one that was requested um Vera Regal oh my god fucking horrific yeah horrific yeah like there's evil okay oh yeah yeah oh and Stephen Avery a lot of people want to hear Stephen Avery yeah yeah so okay I can get down with that we'll we'll put it together do you want me to end this drunk face. I'm not drunk, am I? <laughs> I did okay, didn't I? He shit I did okay. You right? did. You did and you're still doing great. Okay. You're just a little, a little slow. A little strokish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it's great. I babe, I had to do something yeah. to wake me up. So I, I think it's I great. Apologize. Enjoy your drink. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry I, at all. Do I, you? If I didn't have so much shit to do tonight, I would be partaking with you. But yeah, I just I I needed to wake up. So the the coffee helped. This helped. I don't know how the coffee helps. It's decaf. I know there's still no, a little it bit. Was, of... It was one of your regular ones. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You would have been up vanilla. for four fucking days. Yeah. It was... it was actually it's vanilla pudding. <laughs> it did taste like vanilla. Yeah, pudding. it's vanilla pudding. It was quite delicious. It is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> And I noticed Jax wanted some, and I didn't share with them. <laughs> in my in my brand new Golden Girls mug, yeah, that I got for my birthday, that you have used, yep. and Jackson has used, yep. and I have not. I'm sorry, it was. You're not. I'm not. No. <laughs> but did I do okay? Now I'm nervous. No, you did fine. <sighs> Am I still breathing heavy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's end this shit. You weren't breathing heavy to begin with. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, New Patreons, thank you so much. Um, Thank you, regular listeners. You guys are the shits. So, not the shits. Oh, wait, not the shits. You are the (laughs) shit. Oh, my. I'm an idiot. So, okay. I have multiple orders to go out. I apologize for the delay, but due to it being Prime Day's, Amazon was a little funky. It took a little bit to get some of the stuff that I needed, but it's all going out. 
Like okay. not tomorrow because it's Sunday, obviously, but yeah. tonight into tomorrow. So I, I think I've contacted most of you to tell you, fuck, I didn't get the shirt from Amazon or whatever. So you guys know, but just in case if you ordered something and you're waiting for it five days later, that would be why. Okay. Prime Day's fucked me up. And keep hitting up the merchandise. I mean, I we, will make anything we got that some, you want. Yeah, we got some cool shit up there. We mm-hmm. got some cool shit that we could do. Mm-hmm. Keep hitting us up. I can, um, I can make I can make anything. Yeah, any kind of if yeah. you have a design that you want, send it to me. Send it to us, and Jamie will get it done. Yeah, I think one of my favorite cups was the guy with his head blown off that said "fuck around and find out." Yeah, that's pretty. So silly. yeah, someone put two things together. It was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, send it to us. So. So, thank you guys, and I hope you like the new intro music. It's great. Stop being so nervous about it. I get very self-conscious about the shit that I do. People like you. It's okay. Well, (laughs) just let me know what you guys think. If you like it better, if you like it the same, you don't give a shit. Jackson finally felt comfortable enough to be like, well, the old one sucked. Yeah, he's like... (laughs) made me feel like shit he's like yeah i like this one dad the old one I was like sucked. thanks he's like yeah the old one really stunk i'm sorry I'm like, okay oh, but God. I, I think it's more fitting it's on the acoustic it's yeah. kind of more like mellow it. you know oh yeah because we're mellow uh, you are now it has that like little eerie twist to it though it did yeah so mm-hmm. i don't know But anyways, thank you guys, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.